Welcome to Pierce the Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 243, an update episode. Yeah, I love update episodes. And this is a really cool one because we are finally back in a studio, brand new studio. And hopefully, I mean, I think it looks pretty close the way it looked before. That was my goal is to kind of make things look it's good. like 99% close. Yeah, I think I think we're right there. The only difference right now is we're still working on things like lighting, acoustics, stuff like that. So the audio on this might sound a little bit different, but no matter what, it's probably going to be better than that one where you were here on your own and I was in a car <laughs> that and was it bad. was very echoey and we were using different mics. And so if you were willing and able to handle that episode, then this one has got to be okay. And it's just going to get better. We're going to get it dialed in tight. And who knows, maybe it already sounds perfect. And uh, and I'm just wasting your time by listening to this. So thank you. Yeah, but hey, by the way, do, we do want to say thank you real quick before we start this episode to all of you that support us on buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. It's because yeah. of all of you that were able to still continue working in a studio, uh, that were able to continue producing YouTube content all for free. And so again, buy me a a coffee.com slash beer hustle and you can sign on to be a monthly member uh, you can do a one-time year or you could do month by month whatever way you want or just say hey thanks for the great episode here's a couple of coffees again buy me a coffee.com slash pure hustle and we do have something lined up though finally yeah. <laughs> it's been a little bit so we've been talking about doing something and part of the thing is we wanted to make it clear that the buy me a coffee was just your way of supporting us saying thank you um, and we we couldn't necessarily in the beginning say like we're going to provide this 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 and this, and we also want to make sure that we're we're staying true to our roots and that we're keeping our content free, that our podcast every Wednesday is free, that our YouTube videos that we're not doing anything different for that. But we do want to find a way to kind of have like a virtual meetup with those of you who are supporting us, uh, and this is just that like a Zoom virtual meetup, a way for you guys to chat with us if you have questions. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously it's probably going to be mostly reselling related, but it's just a good chance for us to, to chat. It's not going to be like a podcast or anything where we're, you know, teaching. It's just going to be a chance for uh, us to talk to you, you to talk to us, ask questions, all learn from each other. I'm sure we'll have questions for you and can learn from you too. Uh, so if you are a monthly supporter, you should have gotten an email already um, or coming up here pretty soon. But the drop of this or the Zoom call is going to be on June second. That's a Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So if you are a monthly supporter, if you sign up before then, we'll make sure to send you that that link so that you can join us and, and just chat. And then depending on how this goes, if there's a good reception, you guys enjoy it, then we'll probably do this more often, like maybe once a month or who knows, we'll just we'll have something as a way to just connect with those of you who uh, are supporting us so much. Yeah. So thank you to everyone. And if you're wondering, you guys said, oh, and May, that, that was on me. The the move was unexpected. Everything that's gone on. I mean, Mike's had to move too. Yeah. You had to crazy. move location. So it's been crazy. But finally, we have a place set up. We have the big thing was internet capability. Like it would have been horrible to do a Zoom call and we couldn't connect with you guys because it got all weird. So again, if you haven't signed up yet, that's buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle or the link is below. Yeah. All right. So what's going on with you, Mike? Man, um, so I'm excited that we're getting close to June because that means my storage unit is going to be built. And let me tell you, trying to... So if, if you've listened, you know that I moved all of my inventory into an older RV that's on the property that I live in. And it's an older RV and it's a, quite a ways from where I'm at on the property. So I have to drive to it and stuff is just shoved in there. It's definitely not an ideal storage solution. So my wife is normally the one that does the shipping. And so when things sell, we plan a time for me to go up there and help her pull stuff because we have to like lift everything to get to the bottom totes. Everything that sells is in the bottom totes. 
Uh, so we're excited for the like end of June. We're finally going to have our shed built. And um, my father-in-law, so we were looking on online for different carports and we were thinking of like, maybe we we do do an additional storage because in California, you, you have to get permits if you have a shed bigger than 10 foot by 12 foot. 120 square feet is the biggest you can have really? without, without going through the city it's to get permits. good thing to know. So, but a carport, you can get bigger. So they have 10 foot by 20 foot, pretty good carport that I found on Amazon for like 300 bucks. So we're thinking about doing that with pallets as the floor, uh, thanks to some of you suggesting that and have additional storage in there. So things like clothing and shoes that can just be in totes and um, I'm not, it's going to be protected from the weather, but I'm not as concerned about it because clothing and shoes are already inside of their own individual bags and then inside of a tote. And then if they're covered under a carport. And we're in California, so it's dry weather. Yeah, it's dry weather. And and so I, I think that'll give us, I mean, I did the math and I can fit like literally hundreds of totes in one of these carports. So it's going to be a good way to expand the business. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, and I've just noticed just having things on site, even though it's a little bit more challenging pulling stuff, just having my inventory there we're more likely to go take pictures. We're more likely to actually list our, our death piles because instead of having to drive 15 minutes to our office where we had stuff, now it's there. It's easier. Yeah. It's it's nicer. So we're excited to see our eBay business grow through this. And so I've been doing that, uh, kind of looking forward to that. And then also um, just hitting up garage sales and dropping YouTube videos. Hopefully you guys are enjoying um, me and Orlando going out and and hustling and showing our our adventures yeah, kind of weird right it, it, well it's it's kind of weird because even though both of us end up going to the same garage sales we have completely different experiences right based on what we source based on who we talk to based on the stories that we share it's just it's interesting and the, and i want to share that because a lot of people always go like, oh, there's already resellers there or, you know, same thing happens at the thrift store. I already saw a reseller go through there. That doesn't mean you cannot find quality items while you're there. Yeah. And you'd be surprised at how many times, I mean, on my most recent video that I, I dropped on Monday, a reseller walked up, asked a guy how much for something and then walked away. And then I walked up and asked him for the same bundle. And the guy's like, well, I just told that guy 50, but you know what? I want to get rid of it. I'll do 40. Right. So sometimes people realize if they're yeah. getting, you know, if, if it's not selling after a couple of resellers are trying to lowball, eventually they're like, I guess it's actually only worth this because that's what everybody's offering me. So sometimes even if you're a little bit later, you can actually get the thing that the the early birds didn't get. Because how many times do you hear people say, well, maybe come back later. And uh, mm -hmm. if it's still here, you can get it. And eventually there comes a point in the day where people are like, I just got to get rid of this thing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And so what I want to share is, you know, garage sales have been great lately. Right. I think it's that time. I think many of you throughout the country are seeing that as COVID restrictions have been loosened and things are getting back to normal, hopefully you're able to get out there. And, and there is no greater ROI, in my opinion, outside of maybe the bins uh, as far as garage sales. Now, I have noticed that people are willing to make deals more. Right. And so the only reason I wanted to bring this up, if you count the last YouTube video I dropped of me garage selling, pretty much everywhere I went, I had to make a deal. Right. And if you haven't caught our videos on how to make a deal, we have two YouTube videos. We have one about phrases that you can use. And actually, there's a new phrase that I did. I don't know if I threw this on there. Did I throw on the it's a garage sale? No, but I've seen you use that a couple of times and it's pretty savage. But it works. Sometimes it works. Yeah. Sometimes it works. But it is it, to me it's it is savage but it but it is the reminder to the individual that hey if you're trying to get a lot of money you're probably not going to get it 
right? And so in a nice, you got to say it in a smiling, I mean, even though you're, we're wearing masks still here, it's crazy still. Uh, you know, I say, well, this is a garage sale. So I was looking not to spend so much. You'll know right away. They're either going to go like, well, I know it's a garage sale, but I'm not looking for garage sale prices. I usually don't get that. And usually I will get, see, we're still working on acoustics. Yeah. <laughs> My, maybe you just heard the fire truck go by. That's cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and also you also get the other side that were like, you know what? Yeah, this is a garage. I do want to get rid of this. And they'll think about it and they'll offload that item. So if you caught that on the video, there was one guy, I'll share this if you haven't watched it, where he had this um, mobile gaming console system. And it's not a console. It's something that you can hook up like your PS4 and you can have a, a basically a TV with you wherever you go. And he was pretty, in, you know, he wanted 50. He was pretty insistent, right? And so I used first the silent method. I didn't say much. I was like, oh, all right, all right. I was like, you know, it is a garage sale. And he's like, uh, well, how about 40? Right? I didn't even throw a number. And then eventually I was like, you know, I was actually thinking 35. And and he's like, no, I, I can go on offer up. I can get it. You know, I was like, all right. And then you look around. So it's not the end. Like, don't, you know, don't give up and just go like, ah, you know what? This guy sounds like he's only willing to do 40. No, give it a few seconds. Go look around. Go see some other items. Because if a person is doing a garage sale, they usually want to get rid of those items. It's very rare. The most of the time I find hard time at garage sales are when there are resellers uh, trying to offload their eBay inventory, mm. right? Because they know how much they sourced it for. They know how much they listed it for. And, and now they're still trying to recoup that money, even though they're at a garage sale, knowing that they're at a garage sale because they never were able to sell that item. And so I, I don't know. I, I would say, you know, I see I see, I see a lot of individuals on YouTube and, and they just take the first number. But I strongly encourage all of you to negotiate because every single dollar that you're able to save on that negotiation will lead to you buying something else that you can make more profit on. Right. So even though it's a good deal, remember, they're still willing to work with you more. Now, sometimes there are really good deals. You'll watch me. They'll say, how about two bucks? And it's kind of like. I really want to tell him a buck like you know yeah, it's not worth it like there's been several times recently um because again when i'm doing my videos where i'm trying to like record my adventures where i want to show my haggling back and forth and, and it does happen quite a bit but there's times where yeah somebody says like you know i was asking 40 for it but i'll do it i'll do 15 and they just give you like a super low number and they're already going so low that you're like you know what? that's probably what i would have tried to aim for yeah but it's not worth like well would you do eight right like it comes to a point where it's like it's almost insulting. They they're already almost giving you the number that you were were aiming to get for. Now, if it's a really expensive now, if we're talking hundreds of dollars, maybe your 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 wiggle room is still like 20, 20 bucks here and there. But you're almost looking at percentages. Like when they were saying, you know what, I, I've been telling people forty, but I, you know, I'll give it to you for fifteen. At that price point, if you go down another five dollars, the percentage that you're trying to go down is so much significantly higher than like if, if somebody says, well, it's two hundred dollars. And you're like, well, what about one eighty? You know, that that percentage isn't quite as high. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And it goes contrary to a lot of what we've shared over the last, you know, three years of podcast. But if the deal's really good and here's the thing, they may have other inventory they are trying to sell. Right. And so if, if right away you're like, hey, yeah, that's fine. $15 works. Sometimes I've had people come back at me and go, you know what? I actually, I have other stuff here. Would you be willing to take this other stuff? And 
you know, it opens the door. So there's a balance, right? You got to figure out what way to negotiate to make the better deal. Now, the other thing I want to share is that I think I shared this last podcast. And again, by the way, I know usually there are themed episodes and we're doing an update episode. It's just because things are so busy. Uh, I, I do have a special <laughs> themed episode called How to Do a Black Swan Event. Because I, I feel that like in reselling, we're not ready for those. But that's for our next theme episode. But I, I wanted to talk about the importance, I, I can tell you, of organizing inventory. Even though this move, my, Mike will attest that I have totes everywhere. I mean, in other rooms, I have totes. I have boxes everywhere. And I have not lost a single item yet. Despite it all, I still can find everything within a couple minutes. And I'm not being braggadocious about it. Those of you that have watched our podcast for a long time know that there was a time where I actually had to, had to hire a helper to, for example, go through all my shoes. I think I had five to 800 pairs of shoes and they had to put them all in totes. They had to bag them, label them, put the custom skewed label on eBay. And as a result, and I think I spent, I want to say I probably spent like $200 uh, to get that done. But that has saved me so much time. And so make sure you're organized. Make sure that, you know, again, we reiterate this. When you first start, right, Mike's talked about this many times, you have a toe and you only have so many items in that toe. And you're like, oh, things are good, right? I don't need to organize this. And next thing you have two totes and three totes and four totes. And before you know it, you're spending a half hour to an hour looking for inventory. And I will tell you, this move has made me very grateful for having an organized inventory system for items that are listed. Now, the unlisted, that's a whole another story. But as far as listed goes, that's where it matters. Yeah, and, and a good in-between that I found that's working for me right now because, like I said, I'm at a place where I don't have any more room to put things. I don't have shelves that I can put things. I used to have empty shelves where I could like have a mm. whole shelving unit of like unlisted items. And then as I would list them, I'd find a home for them and put the custom SKU in. I can't do that as of now, right? Because there's just no way to have a whole unlisted section and then go find homes for everything. So right now what I'm doing just temporarily, because I don't want to give up sourcing until the, the storage unit's built. So I'm going to end up with several miscellaneous totes. And, and my my strategy is to, when I go to a garage sale, I buy one or two new totes and I fill up the tote. And unless there's like specific things that won't go in there, uh, they're too big, too bulky, something like that. Then that that has to go somewhere else. But I, f I find that I can fit most things in in a tote, right? And so what I do is I get the tote, I fill it up, and then I just leave it inside of my house for you know under a week while I take pictures of everything. Then I just custom skew it, miscellaneous tote four, and that was you know the fourth tote that I filled up since having to move all my stuff. And then that tote goes in a special place, and then there's going to be a handful of things where it's like, well, those shoes aren't in a shoe bin. They're in the miscellaneous bin. And I think it's just going to have to be that way. And then maybe I'll go back through and find homes for everything and recustom skew everything. But if you're at a place where you're just starting, you can kind of do it that way. But it is m more efficient to have a whole section of, of shoes where entire totes are just shoes or entire racks are just shoes. And you don't have some shoes and shirts and, and stuffed animals and a PlayStation all in a tote. But if you have to, it is doable. You can do it, but just still make sure that you're using those custom SKUs. And then as that tote empties out, then you can slowly start to make it. Well, I all I have left in this tote are some shoes and one shirt. So I'll find a home for the shirt and then I'll just make this a new shoe tote. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I mean, you, you just, I just encourage you just, just find a way. 
because uh, again, you you don't. I mean, I've I've had it where I didn't move and I've spent hours looking for inventory. So that's all I want to share about that. So I got phase two. I've only done with phase one of my moving. I've moved everything into uh, my new place, but I have all my inventory in my storage unit. And by the way, storage unit prices are going up. Oh yeah, I mean, as real estate goes up, so storage units. Does it really? Oh yeah. I listen. When I first got my storage unit, I want to say it was yeah three years ago. I think I was paying maybe like two fifty, and now it's three sixty eight. That is insane. We should uh we should buy some land and make some storage units, man. No, I no I agree I agree. Like, and it's funny because they called me and they were like, oh, because I signed I said I'm moving out by you know the thirty first of May, and they're like, oh hey, uh, just wondering like when you're moving out, and I'm like uh, the thirty first of May. They're like, oh, so you're gonna have you you're gonna have everything out by the thirty first of May. I'm like, well, that's the plan. That's when I'm moving out. They're like, oh, we're just looking to see if we can get someone there earlier. I'm like, what? Like what? What? Like, are you gonna refund me the hundred dollars? Like, and, and you know, but they're right now. Here's here's what I'm seeing. And so again, this is why I think when if you're looking, like I have I have friends that have sold their properties in California, and I have some that. Are, are stuck because they sold their property for good profit, but they have nowhere to move to, right? Because the properties are so expensive and the rent's getting more expensive. And then I have others that were able to move out of state and it totally worked for them. But if, if you're stuck using storage units, right? I strongly, I would say right now, I'm grateful to pay more. I'm basically paying more in rent as if I rented a warehouse, like in another state. Right? That's pretty much what I'm paying for for the place I'm at right now. But it works. It works out. So just be careful with storage units. If you're in a place where storage units are cheap, go for it. Like it's worth it. The longer you can, you know, run lean, do it. But take a look at both because sometimes it may be cost effective to just rent a bigger place to keep all your property, all your inventory in one place than would be to get a cheaper place to rent and have a storage unit. You just got to weigh, you know, the cost on both. On both. That is terrible. Terrible English. It's all right. You can plural it. I can plural it. All right. Any random stories, Mike? Um, you know, so my last time going to garage sales, I, I've gotten in this habit now of just like calling you at the end of uh, oh, yeah. going to garage sales, just seeing how you did. I appreciate it. Um, so my last time going to garage sales, I it's a bummer. I picked the wrong one. So there were two and they're not close, like over an hour from me, there were two different community garage sales. And what I did is I, one of them was like an hour and five minutes. And the other one was like an hour and 12 minutes. So I was like, I'm just going to go to the closer one. They both start at seven. And I've been to these before in the past and I've done really, really well. It's in very wealthy neighborhoods, huge communities. So I'm like, this is going to be great. So I go to the first one and it is a maze. All there is are just signs randomly on certain roads. And it's like a huge main road. And so then you go off. And then there's gated communities and they've got signs on the gate of like, here's the gate code I've for garage sales. Garage so I'm putting in the code and then you're driving around and there's just like, you, you could drive forever and then maybe you see a sign, but then like you turn around it's like, oh wait, no, no, it was. And then this community is so big. There's like eight gated communities in one section and they're big, like gated communities. So you're driving around and there was probably 40 or 50 garage sales in this area, but it was so hard to find them that I was, I was losing my mind. I'm getting, and there was no map. So in fact, I stopped at one place and they're like, yeah, our neighbor's actually the one that organized this. And, uh, it was just a bunch of us moms this year. The, it was normally like a realtor and like the HOA that does it and they have maps and everything. 
And this year, because of COVID, they just kind of did it on their own. And so there were no maps. There was nothing to like show you where they were. And so I spent forever driving around. And then finally, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to drive to the other one. This is a nightmare. And I get to the other one. And literally, as I go through the first gate, the first, the road, I think it was actually the place that we went to the very first time you took me garage selling. The really? first road that I'm going down, there's probably 20 garage sales just on the one oh. road. And I, I parked and I walked to like 15 of them. And then I got back in my car, drove a little bit more and did more. But at this time, it's already almost nine o'clock. Ah. And so everyone's like, yeah, you know, there was tons more here and it's all gone. Oh, that's the worst. And I eventually just left because I'm like, yeah, all this stuff's been picked through. And it ended up being a day where I, I mostly just bought stuff for me. Um, and I don't intend to do this. In fact, because we live in an RV, we've, we're have we minimalist without trying to be minimalist. It's not like we like, you know, uh, preach the minimalist lifestyle. It's just we we live in such a small space. So we don't have a lot of room for things, but the hard part is when you find things that you could use that are just such good prices. For instance, I found a craftsman tool chest, like one of the big two tier ones. So it's mm. got a bottom tier that rolls and then a top tier that goes on top of it. And these things new, um, I looked them up on Lowe's and Home Depot. They sell for like 350 plus. I bought it for $60 and is in great shape. Nice. Right? And I'm like, this is great because I need to organize all my tools. I'm getting more tools. Some tools I'm getting for selling, some are my own. And so I need like, I need new places to organize these things. And so I bought that. It was a huge savings. Uh, I've also been looking for a bike for my son because he just uses like a Strider and we want to get him a pedal bike, but we don't want to spend like $115 for a, a cheapy bike at Walmart that who knows how long it's going to last or anything. So I got like a really nice BMX kids bike. There's like a uh, diamond back. So I know it's like name brand, but it's a good bike for, I think I paid $10 for it. Uh, we needed a, a luggage. We're going on a trip in, in uh, November, I think for my son's birthday, we're going to Florida and we need another big suitcase. And I got like a great suitcase for $2. So I ended up buying a bunch of things for me. And that wasn't even the goal. I'm trying to buy stuff to sell. No, I only bought like a handful of things. Like I bought like some uh, scuba flippers, which um, this isn't my bolo, but duck feet scuba or uh, like uh, snorkeling flippers. Okay. So you'll you'll know them because they they don't look like your traditional ones you'd see at like a Walmart or a big box store. They're they're very colorful and they're made out of like a different kind of like a rubber. Usually they're like orange and green or orange and blue or blue and green. And both times, or I think I've, I've sold like three of them. Every time that I've gotten them, I've been able to pick them up for under $5 and they sell for $50 to $75. Huh. So keep an eye out for duck feet. Uh, so, so I picked those up and I'm like, well, if nothing else, this pays for my tool chest. Right. So, you know, sometimes reselling's like that. You're saving money. I, if I would have bought that tool chest, if I would have bought brand new luggage, which this basically was brand new. And if I would have bought, you know, a bike for my son, I, I mean, I probably saved three to $500 just just in going to garage sales. And some of that was paid for by something I picked up. So you're not always making great profit, but if you're saving money, you know, a uh, penny saved is a penny earned. No, agreed. Agreed. I, you know, it's, it's again, you find stuff that you would never be able to have that kind of score on. Right. And so you got to move on. I mean, the, those craftsmen, uh, you know, the huge uh, tool, any, anything craftsman is, is money. And so if you can get it for a deal and you can keep it for yourself, is definitely worth it. So, all right. So mine's more on the technical side. Uh, you know, I had a couple, a couple issues on eBay. Uh, one was I got a neutral and it really, the neutral bothered me. So I sold this Squishmallow, uh, you know, those Squishmallow things, they're, they're, they're pretty hot items now. So keep an eye out for them. That's another bolo. Uh, and 
I found, I got one at the thrift store. It was like five bucks and I sold it for like $40 or something. It was clean. It was fine. You know, and I get a, I get a neutral feedback, even though I gave the person a deal and the neutral feedback said, this item was fine. So they, they, they start with that. It's fine, but it had what it seems like a layer of grime. I'm like, Oh, that's pretty gross. Like, you know, it's a neutral feedback, so it doesn't impact my score. But at the same time, I don't want people looking at my feedback and reading about a layer of grime. Like that's just gross. And so kind of bothered me because this individual, you know, you always, you guys can resonate. And by the way, if, if you have anything in common on comment, comment, comment below, have you ever had a time where you gave a sweet deal and then the person isn't even kind about it? Like, for example, the worst for me is when somebody lowballs you and offering you accept it and they don't pay right away. Like that bothers me. Right. Or when somebody, you know, gives you when you give somebody a great deal and then they message you later and like, well, I was expecting blah, blah. It's like, well, you got a good deal. Like, well, what else can I do for you? Yeah. And so I gave this person a good deal. They pleaded with me for the good deal. I gave it to them. And then instead of contact me, this is what they leave me. Now, we've said this multiple times and I shared this on Instagram a couple of days ago, this post, because offering returns, I believe eBay will side with you and i know some of you may disagree but we'll side with you 99.99 percent of the time as long as you did everything right as long as your listing is right your picture is right description is right and so you know i i put on there you know i went to ebay seller help which i still ebay if you're listening you should make ebay seller help part of your seller hub like it's it's weird that i have to google ebay seller help to go to a different page to get a feedback removed uh, Unless I'm wrong, unless I'm wrong, let us know uh, in the comments if I'm wrong. But I, I went there and I put, you know, I put in there. I said, "Hey, this person never contacted me. I offer free returns. Please remove this neutral feedback." Automatically, eBay responds in a few hours and says no because of a glitch. And I was like, "What? Like, All right. okay?" So they, then they said to contact customer service. They contacted customer service. It was removed right away. And so a, a couple of things here is, is yeah, I know it's unpopular opinion, but I really do think you need to offer returns. I'm not saying free returns. I offer free returns. I think that makes things a little better, but I will say if you offer returns, it removes the ability of somebody to say, this isn't what I wanted. Here's a negative feedback. Instead, the conversation goes, this isn't what I wanted. This person offers returns. I can return this. And if they don't return it, then you can argue with eBay saying, Hey, I offered returns. Obviously, they didn't have that big of a problem with it because they decided to keep it. Can we please remove the negative or the neutral feedback? And you should be good. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and again, we talked a lot about like reputation matters. So obviously, that's going to be huge. The fact that you offer the returns, um, that you're willing to, to do whatever it takes. The part where I think it also helps is if you've been selling for a long time and you've got hundreds or thousands of reviews, and somebody's buying from you and they've got like 14, you know, yeah, yeah. honestly, eBay is going to look and say one of these people is making us a lot of money and it's going to be the reseller with a ton of feedback and a ton of a ton of sales. And somebody is a customer. We want to keep these customers happy. So that's why a lot of times eBay will eat the cost when there's like a, mm -hmm. a dispute on something and they're like, OK, we'll cover the refund or, you know, if something gets lost, sometimes they, they'll eat the cost. Not all the time, but 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 a lot of times they will. And I think part of it is they have more at stake at keeping you, the reseller, happy in a lot of ways than they do 
a random buyer who maybe maybe in a year spends a couple hundred dollars on eBay, whereas you're making eBay thousands of dollars a year based off of your fees, your store subscription, um, all the sales you're doing. So one is a little bit more important than the other. No, yeah. I agree. I agree. And again, it, it, it's tough because you don't always see it that way. Like there are stories, uh, I will admit that I've had people have contacted me. Uh, you know, a lot of our listeners have said, hey, Orlando, we did everything right. We offered returns and eBay still sided with the buyer. So that does happen. But I do think it helps. Now, the other thing uh, that I thought, you know, I hate it when this happens. So I have about five to 10 totes that I still needed to get organized. So I'm having my helper go through them. And <laughs> there's like 20 items that are in my totes that were listed that aren't listed anymore. Like, which I blows my mind. Like, had I not had my helper go and organize these totes of inventory, I would have never known. And so I'm not saying do an inventory check. I, I think inventory check is really difficult to do once you're, you get your inventory past a thousand. Like, I think it's very time consuming. If, if you have the time, I would do it. I don't do it. I just list it and forget it. Uh, and who knows, maybe I have hundreds that I don't know that are listed or not, but these I found particularly because she had gone through them and they were like, Hey, Orlando, I went through all of your listings. I put in keywords. I just can't find it. Can you find these on your end? And so I went on my end. I looked at on my eBay store, sure enough, items just not listed. And so always be aware that I don't know how items drop off. I do feel most of the time it's operator error, but there's weird things that eBay does. So for example, if you get scammed, like it's a scammer that's trying to buy something from you, eBay will just like completely pull that listing. Like have you had that happen? Like they, they like remove the pictures and everything. It's like goes into the nether. Like you never yeah. see it again. I mean, I've had even some items where the pictures are just gone on a listing. Yeah like randomly and it's like we had one where the wrong pictures were on there like it we've known it's been fine for like the last six months that it's been listing listed and then we go on and it's like oh wait like this literally has the wrong pictures on it and we had to like go back through and change it so yeah sometimes there are glitches for sure uh but yeah for for the most part i mean i don't know i can't say it doesn't happen because there are quite a few glitches but it's it's not it's not the rule it's the exception yeah, but you know, always always be aware. And you know, again, the the worst is when something sells and you already sold it. So you know, again, eBay, I plead with eBay that they need to have a drop down menu option of like when something sells and you don't have it, that you can just put eBay glitch. Now I know that's never gonna happen, but it'd be nice. It'd be nice. All right, so that is. <coughs> excuse me. Wow, I haven't coughed on the podcast ever. That's a new one. Okay, so that is our random stories now. Part of our growth here is we don't have our sound effects for this moment, unless you want to create some sound effects. Yeah, I don't have them, but dun, 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 breaking news. Okay, thank you. All right, but before we get to reselling topics, hey. Oh, come on. You can't have me do the sound effect and then interrupt it with something else. Oh, well, I already started it. All right. So, okay, hey, if you haven't had a chance yet to get your inventory for bubble wrapping from AmericanBubbleBoy.com, you should. They're a great product, great customer service. And again, hey, if you, there's ever issues, you know, you didn't get an item, an email gets lost. 
contact them directly. And even, I don't mind even if you contact us. I mean, I know it, it takes a little bit of work, but we have a great relationship with them. Joel, the owner, is awesome. And so, you know, we I just had a situation where uh, someone had ordered. The email fell through the cracks. They contacted us. I contacted Joel. They ended up getting some free bubble wrap up. Uh, yeah, and the reason why they didn't get it initially was because there was a delay. I mean, there's delays in all kinds of supply lines right now. Uh, but Joel took care of them and they're all good. And so I want to make sure that whoever, right, that we support here on the podcast, like we believe in their business. And I can tell you, uh, AmericanBubbleBoy.com is incredible. We get their items all the time. It's quality. Uh, there's multiple options. It's just good stuff. So. Yeah. I'm looking at my bubble wrap right now in here yeah. and I need to reorder some. So deals are great. All right. So AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Check the link below. All right. So it's kind of a slow, slow news cycle. Oh, wait, hold on. What's that? Right. This just in. We have breaking news. Take it away, Orlando. All right. So some of the breaking news is, is uh, it's kind of interesting in the fact that you know, on Amazon. So I, I try to start with like the, I don't know. I don't know. So this, this, this time around, I don't feel like there's a lot of like positives that I want to share, but we can make it positive. So those of you that saw on Amazon, we already went through this, this whole idea that your store, uh, your name, your address is all listed on your store website. Now there is a new bill being proposed in Congress uh, by Republican uh, Senator lawmaker uh, Bill Cassidy uh, it's called the Informed Consumers Act that is looking to do the same thing on all platforms. And maybe if you sell on Etsy or eBay, you've gotten this email. Uh, but basically, let me read to you parts of the bill here. Uh, it's disclosure of information by online marketplaces to inform consumers. Uh, you have to have a verified bank account, a government issued photo ID. Uh, and notice what the wording says, representing the high volume third party sellers. So this may not mean, you know, I don't know what the threshold is going to be, how much they have to sell to be considered a high volume third party seller, uh, government issued record verifying individual business contact information, a business tax identification number. And then this is where a lot of people I think will, you know, be stuck. And again, I've always said this, if, if eBay is asking for your banking information, like I know a lot of people didn't like that with the managed payments, but that's, that's normal business. I mean, if, if you sign up for Hulu, you have to have it attached to a card or a bank routing number, right? So it makes sense on eBay. Now, this is where I think it's going to you know, upset some. And again, this bill is being introduced. It has not been passed. It hasn't gone through both houses. There's no revisions. And so this part says any online marketplace should require a high volume third party seller on the online marketplace to provide and shall disclose to consumers in a conspicuous manner on the product listing or through a conspicuously placed link on the product listing, the file information. So this is on the listing itself, not even on like your store page, uh, the full name of the seller, the full business address of the seller, uh, whether the seller engages in manufacturing, important retail, reselling or consumer products and contact information for the seller, including a phone number and working email address. I mean, it's not too bad, honestly, because you can go and open up a, a PO box or a UPS box. If you're already considered a high, and again, we don't know what that, that number is, that threshold, but I can't imagine it's going to be super low. Like part of me sees a bill like this as one more way of making it easier to collect taxes from resellers whatever that is what it is 
But the fact that it's coming from a Republican senator, I don't feel like this is going to be aimed at trying to collect taxes from the small guy. And I think that high volume sellers, I can imagine this being aimed at, you know, people who are selling on Amazon or or even from other countries, things like that, uh, that are are selling hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars worth of product. That's what I would imagine. I can't imagine it's if you're, you know, if you're selling, you know, $50,000 worth of inventory to whatever or lower a year, you're going to qualify for this. But even if you are, if you're selling that much inventory, paying $20 a month or $15 a month for a, a post office, a PO box or at the UPS store and just make that your business address, it's almost kind of worth it, right? Because even if you mm-hmm. open up a website, like if you open up a website, your address is attached to it unless you pay a certain amount of money to have it taken off. And so every business has to have a business address. So if you're if you're running at the level where you're basically a business, you might as well have a separate business mailing box that things go to and it separates it from your home address. And again, a working email address, you get a free Gmail with your with your, you know, store name, right? So there's a lot of ways you can do this without people knowing where you live. Uh, and the fact that it has to have your seller name Maybe maybe you don't want your last name, but even on like printouts on eBay, a lot of times it's going to have your name on the return address. So if somebody has your return address, they have your address anyways, unless you have a UPS or a PO box. So no matter what, the buyer is going to be able to get your address. Um, and if you're it, the fact that it has to be on the listing, somebody could just buy something cheap and get your address. But like, for instance, everything we sell, if it gets returned, it's going to a UPS store, or a PO box. So we don't have to worry about anybody having our physical address. So is it a bummer? Is it a little bit annoying? Yeah, I think it's annoying, but I don't think it's one of those things where we have to worry too much about, um, you know, just make your return address. Even if you ship and everything you do out of your home, just make your return address a a UPS store or something. No big deal. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I mean, that's where I was going to lean is it's it's interesting because there there is a nice part of reselling that you can do it incognito. Like no one needs to know who you are, where you live, like no one, you don't have to talk to anybody. Right. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I see the other side where there's trying, they're trying to put together buyer protection. So there's no scammers and so on, but yeah, the, the solution is, and I will tell you, it's, it's, it's really nice to have that PO box, uh, you know, returns all end up there. I'm a big fan. And again, not sponsored by UPS, but UPS has it where they'll hold your invent, hold your boxes, uh, they, they send me a text. I, you know, once a week I go pick things up. It's not that big of a deal. So, you know, he just wanted to throw that out there. Okay. I, another interesting thing I came about was, uh, Amazon just released a drop shipping policy reminder. And the only reason I bring this up, not that news or anything. I mean, I think we've already talked a, b- a bunch about how drop shipping is very hard to make a lot of money drop shipping. And on top of that, Amazon and eBay have policies directly against drop shipping, right? But you still can drop ship. But I want to remind people, whenever you get somebody to ask for certain things, they're a drop shipper, okay? And so this is how you know. So Amazon said this thing and they sent this thing out in their uh, newsletter and they said, drop shipping or allowing a third party to full orders to customers on your behalf is not acceptable unless it is clear to the buyer that you are the seller of record. Right. And so they say the following examples of drop shipping are strictly prohibited. If you violate this policy, your ability to sell using Amazon's merchant fulfilled may be restricted. 
shipping orders with packing slips, invoices, external packaging, or other information indicating a seller name or contact information other than your own. Yeah. And so I get the, this is a gift. Please don't put that it's from eBay or any packing information inside of it. Correct. Correct. Right. Because this is the same policies for eBay and Amazon. I mean, they say the exact same thing. Also, purchasing products from another online retailer and having that retailer ship directly to customers if the shipment does not identify you as a seller of the record or if anyone other than you, including the other online retailer, appears on packing slips, invoices or external packaging. So this is referring to. I love that. Like when you get those, you just like, please don't put anything eBay on the. Oh, yeah. And you just like eBay tape the heck out of the box. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's all I got. I mean, I know when it's an Amazon dropshipper because they do not want anything with eBay on it. Right. Or or maybe it's it's another company, but a lot of them are eBay dropshippers. Uh, and, you know, if you're wondering if you're brand new to reselling, how does this work? It works like this. So very basic. You go to Walmart. Right. You go to Walmart, you see, uh, I don't know, a set of, of pliers that you're, you're wanting to sell. So at Walmart, they're $5. So you download all the images and you copy paste the description from Walmart and you put it on eBay. So it's $5 at Walmart and it's $10 that you're listening for on eBay. Somebody pays $10 for it on eBay. When they buy it from you for $10 from eBay, you go to Walmart and you change the address or you send it as a gift. And you send it to that individual. Now, if you have Walmart Plus, you have free shipping. So you only have the $5 you have to take care of. So the other $5 is your gross profit, right? And then you got the eBay fees that you know, are taken off. So you're making 3 to $4 basically from stealing images and a description from Walmart, putting it on eBay and selling your item, right? And so that's how dropshipping works. Now, the more sophisticated ones, right? They end up finding listings from, I, I get them all the time. I, I do think, I do think that they go after people who have better pictures, right? You would think that would be it, right? Because if I have a picture with like, you know, a trash can in the back and stuff like that, probably not, isn't going to look, you know, the greatest on a drop shipping site. And so this is how drop shippers function, but be aware, like, no matter how much TikTok, I see this on TikTok all the time still about drop shipping. Now, there's other ways of drop shipping. You know, you order stuff from Alibaba or you order stuff from other places overseas or even in the US. Uh, but drop shipping is one of the ways that your account will be suspended quickly if, you know, because all it takes is here, here's the thing when a drop shipper, you know, ends up shipping something out, right? And that person has a problem with it, they're going to, they're going to contact me. Right. But they're not going to contact me. They're going to contact the person they bought it from. Yep. Right. And so what is that person going to do? That person may try to contact you who shipped out the item, but then that ends up breaking the whole chain of custody yeah, that was supposed customer. to happen. Yeah. So the, it actually, honestly, as an eBay seller, I love when I get drop shippers. Yeah. People it's complain, beautiful. But it's the best because you're protected 100%. You send that item out, if it gets broken, if it doesn't make it, if anything happens, the person who bought it from you is sending it to somebody else. They find out from that other person. It becomes this whole nightmare and it's never your fault, right? Like it's going to be technically the customer, not the customer of the customer, right? So it's it's this weird thing that happens. So yeah, you're, you're pretty well protected um, because yeah, if they want to return... First, it, they're going to have to get it sent to them and then they send it. It's it's a nightmare. And so 
you're pretty well protected. It's almost like the global shipping program. We talk, we love global shipping program because there's so many protections with it. It's almost the same thing with drop shipping because worst case scenario, you get a negative feedback, something happens, you just send it to all the, the messages and stuff to eBay and say like, I'm pretty sure this is a drop shipper and you've won the case. Oh, don't be afraid of drop shippers. And usually they pay good money too, yeah. right? They don't low value you because, and they want that stuff sent out quick. All right. Uh, this is, I, I know people aren't going to be too happy about this. And I will tell you, it's getting really obnoxious. Like it is, I, I can see why people are frustrated and why people are, are you know, saying list on other platforms. What the item specifics? Yes. Now, you know, it's really weird. So my wife was telling me we had like 140 some item specifics required soon that just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And we were looking them up and they were all things that we already had in there. It was like shoe size. Yeah. I had the same thing. But then it like after a couple of days, those all went away. And so it's back down to like none. So eBay must've had a glitch or something because it was no, crazy. It never happened. It was crazy. Cause it was like, wait, you want the, the item requirement is shoe size. It's, it's 11. It's already in there. Like all you just want me to open it up and just click done. Like this is ridiculous. And yeah, now that's, those are all gone. So um, hopefully some of that panic people were experiencing actually isn't like legitimate because they don't, you don't have to put in all those item specifics, but, uh, yeah, it was a little bit chaotic for a little while there. No. And, and again, there being, there's more item specifics being required by July 12th. Okay. So be aware that it's important. Now, you know, we have an awesome video that I created a while back about how to get those done quickly. I, I do hold to that video. I think the, I mean, it wasn't that long ago I made that, what, like six months ago or something like that. It's still relevant, uh, but it's just part of dealing with eBay. Now, I really do wish that eBay would be more forthright about just saying, hey, we're just selling data or something like, because I don't see a reseller in the corner going, you know what we need more is item specifics and everybody high-fiving like, yes, that is what we need. And so be aware, uh, there are tools that will allow you to find them, but they're right there. I mean, they tell you on Seller Hub or they tell you on your phone app every time you go to your 30 days holds, but make sure you have them done because what that means is that those items will no longer be in the search and you won't be able to basically have them listed. Yeah. I just wish that I get, I understand the purpose of rolling it out slowly and saying like, okay, we're going to require in phases, right? Like this first phase, like these are the item specifics we're going to require. And then the next phase, these ones, that way not to overwhelm you with like literally thousands of them at once. Maybe you only have a few hundred instead of thousands. But the problem is they should at least have the final phase. Like this is all of them that we're going to have required at some point in the next year or two and require them on new listings now. Because the bummer is when you do a, a new listing today and then three months from now, now there's item specifics required on that that wasn't required before. It's like they need to like just come out and say, here are all the item specifics that are eventually going to be required. And they're not all required right now, but new listings have to have these. That way you're not, I mean, to, to do item specifics, feel like you're caught up and then have to redo item specifics later on stuff that mm -hmm. you're like, I just listed that like a month ago. Why didn't they have it set up where all of them were in there? It's just, it's just so much. It's just so much. I, but you know, again, you got a cost benefit, right? The, the amount of buyers that you get on eBay on the secondary market, there's no platform that comes close to it. So is it still worth it to me? Yeah. It's still worth it to me. Am I frustrated? Yeah, I'm frustrated, but Hey, there are tools out there to help you such as Pierce podcast, YouTube video on 
doing item specifics quickly. So check it out. All right, that's pretty much all I have. I mean, I have I had a short article. Uh, I don't know how much time I want to spend on on this one, but uh, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Vox did a whole article about basically reselling and thrifting in Gen Z. I didn't know like the numbers uh, on Depop. It said that on Depop, ninety percent. Uh, so I'll give you the name of the article before I say it. The article is from Vox called "How Thrifting Became Problematic," and it delves into you know we've talked about this multiple times and how like there's the gentrification of thrift stores and you know, people that need thrift stores are no longer able to get things for cheap. And and we, we've talked, so I don't want to over, I think we just recently talked about that, but I I thought this was interesting uh, that now they're talking about how in in certain places, uh, basically people are told not to talk about reselling or where they go anymore. Right. Which we've talked about, but now this is happening with Gen Z, right? Gen Z has been going to thrift stores they're reselling. And then I, I saw the numbers with Depop. I'm trying to find it. I just had it before <laughs> I, I ended up going to the top of the news story. But it said that 90% of individuals that sell on... I just lost the article. 90% of individuals that sell on Depop are 26 and younger. That's huge. Yeah. Well, and that's what I've been talking about with like Poshmark even with... Yeah, eBay has the lion's share of the market for this type of stuff right now. But part of it is a generational thing. When you look at the the boomer generation and Gen X is on eBay. Yeah. Like those are, they have the buying power, but as millennials start to have more and more buying power. And as Gen Z starts to, to have buying power, if they're going to different platforms and not eBay. So it's like, yeah, eBay might be the, the powerhouse now, but if, if, in 10 years, you know, boomers and Gen Xers don't have the significant buying power in the in the country anymore, but it's millennials and Gen Z. That's going to be the demographic you're going to have to be reaching out to. And if they're all on Poshmark, I don't know if it's Poshmark that they're going to be on, but those types of platforms, Depop, the more hip platforms, that's one good reason to get your foot in the door now. So that way you're already rolling on that platform uh, because unless eBay finds a way to become Gen Z friendly, it's going to die out as Gen Z becomes the power. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think there's truth. I still think there's, I, for now, there's a lot of buyers on eBay that it's not that big of an issue, but I thought it was interesting. <laughs> so, you know, there's this whole, uh, uh, people on ridiculous Depop listings are screenshotted and reposted on TikTok or Twitter for users to mock with commentary. Uh, basically, uh, the idea that, you know, how somebody buying something for 70 and selling it for 40. Right. And then the seller responded, pointing out that the skirt sold for the listed price. Right. And so I do think right now there's going to be this. I've said this before. I've been saying this for, I don't know, a year and a half now that there's there's kind of a negative view of resellers, right? I mean, we're called scalpers now. We're called whatever else. And I, I want to encourage people not to embrace it. I've seen other people embrace it. Like, yeah, I'm a scalper. This is what I do. I'm like, nah, let, don't play that game. Like, how about we play the other side of like, hey, this is how I support my family, right? This is how I take care of others. This is how I'm able to do other things for other people. Right. I, I mean, if it wasn't for reselling, I couldn't even do this podcast. Right. Because reselling has given me the time to be in a creative space because I make a certain amount of money where I'm not worrying about always having to work. And to be fair, um, 
that's not the best argument. Oh, I think I'm not it's saying an argument, it's the best, but but technically, someone could be like, say, you know, I I sell drugs because it lets me support my family and gives me free time, right? You know, so hey. so that doesn't in itself make it you know morally okay. But yeah. where I would say w- we need to stand on is the idea that okay, yeah, that is one part of it that this is a way that I support my family. The other thing though is reselling. Technically, every retail is a reseller. Correct. It's correct. the same thing. They're buying wholesale. They're buying from somebody else. So unless unless you manufacture and sell it yourself, you're a reseller, right? That's all Walmart, Target, Amazon. They're all. It's all reselling. Now the idea of reselling secondary market might be a little bit different, but again, it's it's one of the oldest professions that there is. I mean, people for forever have traded and bartered and sold and mm-hmm. you know i'm gonna grow my crops and i'm gonna buy your old pot and pan and then i'm gonna now i have a pot and pan and then somebody can you know a tinker's gonna come through and fix this pot and pan and then uh they'll take you know sharp my knives and i'll give them the pan like this has been the way society has run this is how ec- economies have literally run up until kind of recently with the fiat dollar and all of that things now look a little bit different in our consumeristic society now we've got big box stores there's nothing new about reselling. Like this mm-hmm. is this is how businesses have always run. Well, and it encourages me. I, I'm hoping that Gen Z. I know some of you that listen to us are Gen Z. Uh, that more more Gen Z will will notice that this is this is just business. I mean, it's and again, I indirectly, you know, I, I don't I don't resell for sustainability purposes, but I it is the indirect effect of what I do. Right. I mean, I sell vintage gear all the time. And so hey, you're turning what could be landfill into something somebody actually can utilize and mm-hmm. you're getting a profit. So it's literally a win-win. Again, I, I feel like resellers come in and they fix what's broken in the economy. Mm-hmm. Like we fill in the gaps. Like when there's when there's price discrepancies, we help to we help the market regulate that. When there are items that could be trashed and end up filling up landfills, we find a home for them and we're paid for that service. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. All right, so reselling a moral good. Yeah. All right, so uh, hey, that ends our, our news time. Yeah. Uh, but before we move on, if you haven't been following us on social, we are Pierce Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pierce Cast on Twitter and Clubhouse. Uh, also, you can give us a call, 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Or shoot us an email at PierceThePodcast at gmail.com. That's PierceThePodcast at gmail.com. As always, we're grateful. We keep growing on YouTube. And if you haven't you know, followed us yet, go to and subscribe and hit that bell notification. And if you're watching this video right now, make sure to hit that like button. Uh, we, we constantly want to grow the YouTube. You know, we find that the bigger we grow, the faster our following and the more people are able to reach and help because that's the goal. That's been the goal. I mean, if you look at our, I guess, the quote unquote mission statement, right, is to help people level up their standard of living through reselling. And that's yeah. what we want to do. We're also grateful for all the iTunes reviews. Uh, all we, we're moving on up. We are the most reviewed reselling podcast out there and most listened to reselling podcasts out there. All right. Time for a word from our sponsor real quick. Uh, my school shaver has, has been working out during the nice. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, because you know, when you, when you decide to use something other than skull shaver, I, I feel bad for you. And, uh, cause you always miss spots and you know, we got to fix that. But yeah, skull shaver is, it's great. I mean, it's, I've gotten to the point now where when I first started using skull shaver is weird. Cause I, I only shaved my head like once a week 
And then I was like, all right, now I'm using scroll shaver every other day. Now I just use it every day. And it actually takes less time to do it every day than to try and wait a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like I look great. Now it's like when my hair starts to grow out a little bit, I feel terrible. And it's like, man, I used to let it get way longer than this before uh, I yeah, shaved it. I know you're so scroll shaver is fast. It's easy. Uh, and if you use promo code peer, you will get a nice little discount and lets them know that we sent you over there. So we definitely appreciate it. All right. So again, skullshaver.com, promo code pure. All right. What is your, oh, I miss the sound effect. Bolo. Bolo. What's your bolo? Um, so my bolo is now, if you watched my Monday video that dropped, uh, I went to a swap meet and, and now that I look back at it, I probably still should have picked it up. But there was a guy, he had a bucket of uh, infinity, whatever they are. the Infinity stones? No, no, like the Skylander things, but they're they're not. They're the Marvel ones. Okay, okay. Um, Oh, Disney Infinity. Yeah. And he wanted like $50 for like 12 of them. And I had just bought a whole bunch from another garage sale for basically nothing. So I'm like, there's no way I'm paying that. And I walk over and then he's got this little like, I think it was like a mixing bowl, a metal mixing bowl full of these army toy soldiers in them. And the brand is Britain's LTD Toy Soldiers. And I looked them up and the comps were great for these. But as I'm looking at all of the individual soldiers and this whole bowl is pretty full. Uh, the paint was pretty bad on a lot of them. They were chipped. There was pot- parts where like like the leg paint was messed up and a horse like there's like different paint like scraped off. And so I'm like, ah, it's not worth it because he wanted $50 for it. But then the more I look up comps on them, I'm like, holy cow, like just like four or five of these will sometimes sell for like 40 or 50 bucks. Just these like little metal and or plastic toy figures. So Britain's LTD toy soldiers, look those up. The the comps on them are crazy. And it's just one more thing to look for. Cause again, they're, they're kind of unassuming. Um, they look old, they look older so that whenever I see older toys, I mean, it, it might spark your attention, but I see toys at so many garage sales and I usually am not willing to dig through toys. Cause a lot of them are just like happy meal toys. But now I'm, I've got my eye out There's for... There's some money Happy Meal toys. Oh, I'm sure. Um, not the new ones. Uh, but I've got my eye out now for specifically these types of toy soldiers. Check them out. Comps are great. Britain's LTD toy soldiers. Nice. All right. I always like sharing what is currently selling well. And so I've talked before about, you know, Rain, Rain Spooner and collaboration pieces with Disney, right? That was one of them. So the one I want to share today is baseball Hawaiian shirts. They're, I, I believe they're going up in price, and this is why. I believe they're going up in price because of the pandemic, as a COVID, there's been supply chain issues, right? So, you know, and you can't find these retail anymore. I mean, you can. You can, like, go to a baseball stadium. Sometimes they have them in the clubhouse store and stuff like that. But... They're, I think they're getting harder to come across, right? And so I recently had some great sales of these. I bought a ton of these during the pandemic. This is one of the things I didn't share. I had mentioned on a few Instagram posts how, on, not posts, but stories, how there were certain things I was sourcing, but I couldn't share, but I was doing some EB arbitrage. And one of them was Hawaiian baseball shirts, because I knew that since baseball was not happening that people weren't wearing these and they might just throw them up and list them. And so I bought a bunch of these for 20, 25, 35 new with tags and they sell for over a hundred bucks. And so I have a few of these, I have some used ones. So keep an eye out for 
baseball Hawaiian shirts. Rain Spooner obviously are going to be the most expensive ones. Those sell for over a hundred. Sometimes you can find some Kahala ones, but again, it's baseball season. People are trying to find, you know, unique stuff to support their teams. And those are definitely winners. Nice. I like it. All right. So what are you looking forward to here? Um, I'm really enjoying making the YouTube videos of the garage sales. Like huh. it's, it's been enjoyable to, to go out and adds an extra layer, you know, making sure my camera's on kind of think a little bit more about what I'm looking at and, and even the conversations I'm having, uh, negotiating became natural and then now doing it on camera, like adds a little bit extra, but it causes me to actually think about what I'm doing a little bit more. Right. Hmm. I'm like, all right, I want to make sure like this is a good negotiation. I want to make sure I'm getting the best deal. And so I've really enjoyed that. And the last time, like I said, that I went to garage sales, it was it was a win in the sense that I, I saved a ton of money. I bought a bunch of stuff that that I was going to buy probably anyways, but I got it a lot cheaper, but I didn't get a lot to resell. And so it was kind of a wasted day. I pretty much had to delete all of that footage because <laughs> none of it was enough to make a YouTube video. I get it. Because I didn't want to do a YouTube video like 15, 20 minutes of me going to garage sales and literally not buying anything to resell. That would be a waste of your time. So I'm looking forward to the next time I can hit up garage sales and actually have success enough that I can go back through and review the footage and I can edit and put together a video. And so again, if you're not subscribed to us on YouTube and you're not watching the videos that we're, we're posting on Mondays and Saturdays, uh, where we're showing, you know, us going to thrift stores, us going to garage sales, check that out. I think there's a lot to learn from that. And again, I think we're learning a ton because, um, Pretty much every video either that you've posted or I've posted, somebody has made a comment about like, oh, I think you missed this. True. Check that this is out. so true. So I'm yes. I'm learning things as I go. Like the my last the explode speakers, my last bolo. Mm -hmm. Um this last time, you know, somebody said you might have missed like a doll that like looked Correct. really creepy, the miss yeah. no name doll. So like we're learning from our viewers who are watching and seeing things that that we're missing. And that just helps us. And then again, it helps the whole community. Because as you read through the comments, so don't be afraid to like jump in the comments and, and engage because people learn through that. People can see those comments. They can upvote that comment. And now people will be looking and saying, oh, I should be looking for that, you know, item. So, yeah. you know, I'm interested, though, that you said that about your video. I, I think it would have still brought value. Right. I, I don't know. Let's know in the comments. Like if we find stuff that we can't resell, but it's still valuable, isn't it? I mean, we're still making money on it. Now I get it. It's not like a bolo. Right. But, you know, things to think about, because sometimes you go out to garage sales and you buy stuff that you never would think about, not for reselling, but for yourself that you would never think about, hey, maybe I could score something like this at a garage sale. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. So so I, I just think about like I remember my uh, my youngest, some of his furniture that he has in his room is from a garage sale. Well, I was outsourcing for eBay and. I think I paid like 25 bucks for a dresser and the dresser is like a $300 dresser. My, uh, <laughs> my cow king bed, uh, is from my estate to like a $5,000 bed that I paid like 300 bucks for. Right. So obviously it was 5,000 when he bought it. Maybe it was worth like 2000 when I finally bought it. But again, things you don't think about right now, I'm living in the lap of luxury with <laughs> something that now, now looks kind of normal where I live now, but in the small condo, it didn't look normal. But, uh, you know, things you just never think about. Right. So let us know in the comments. All right. I am going on a road trip. I'm traveling, mm -hmm. checking nice. out some historical landmarks, uh, spending some time with my boys, probably going to go some thrifting so I can make it a tax write off. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I always love sourcing a different location. So be aware. Uh, I don't you know, I'm hoping to make it a YouTube video, uh, maybe post some Instagram stories about that. That's what I'm looking forward to. And I'm also looking to finally settling in, getting stuff out of my storage unit, not paying that monthly cost, 
and just being all in one place. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, you know, I know this episode was kind of different and we're getting, you know, here's the thing. Our road is getting better as we're finally going to be settled in. So I'm looking forward to having the podcast fully settled in and we're just going to get better from here. Yeah. And as always, make sure that you're real relevant and reselling. Was that, was that off? I think you did okay with that. Is it real relevant reselling? That's it. Why does it sound so weird? You forgot our tagline. Unbelievable. Be real. Be relevant. Be reselling. Late. Peace.